Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, I'm George Chen, and this is SupDoc, where we discuss our favorite documentaries with comedians, filmmakers, and musicians. Today, we're talking about Theory of Obscurity, a film about the residents, directed by Don Hardy Jr. This 2015 film peels back some of the mysterious layers surrounding the San Francisco experimental music entity that's been churning out bizarre and uncompromising albums for over 40 years. And my guest is Conan Neutron, a musician and scene organizer behind Victorine Associates, Mount Vicious, and his most recent project, Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, with Dale Crover of the Melvins on drums. We discuss his love for the world-making aspects of the residence and finding a home in weird music. You can stream Theory of Obscurity on Amazon. And now, here's Conan Neutron. And we are here at my house with <laughs> Conan Neutron. Uh, Sir Conan Neutron, if Sir you please. Sir Conan Neutron, <laughs> who I have not seen in a very long it's time. Been a re- like, I was trying to actually trying to think, think of, about that. It's yeah, like, I feel like I ran into years, you. Maybe? Something I think like that, that sounds though, right. Been, yeah, I mean, we were both in Oakland for a long mm-hmm. time, but oh yeah, no, that was yeah. This is known. It just was. We just weren't at the same things. Sometimes did you ever go to sometimes comedy stuff? Always. Did you? Yeah, com- not as much. What would you not go as much see? as not as much as a lot of folks. You're a music guy, just to clarify. We know each other yeah, for yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it's, yeah. it's, uh, for, for better or for worse, I'm I'm more of a music guy. <laughs> and and uh, you're in LA right now. I am. Yes. And I, I see on Instagram, like you're hanging out with people. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Because there's like, I, there's, a, I just looked on Instagram, <laughs> I'm like Vern from Unwound and uh-huh. like David Pajo and you and someone mm-hmm. else. Of, like, of Zwan fame, yes. Of Zwan <laughs> and many other. That's a joke, of course. Uh, of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, joke. Yeah. So he, yeah. And you're in like the desert or what are you doing? That. Sounds like an accurate summation of what maybe what was seen under the picture. Yes. Uh, so you uh, to say you've been in a bunch of bands, but you've been putting out these records under Conan Neutron and F- Secret Co- Friends. Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Uh, I'm actually in town to record the fourth Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends record mm-hmm. uh, on Thursday, which Dale Cover from the Melvins plays drums for. Yeah, like he's your he's your regular drummer in this. Yeah, band. everyone's always like, "Oh, with Dale." I'm like, they're always with Dale. Yes, yeah, hundred yeah. percent of the time, always. And the PR is it PFR PRF PRF? Do you want to explain that a little bit? Because I uh, I'm only I've never been to one. I know kind of the sure. background, but you're I'll, one I'll of the main. The, are you one of the main? You're like a the West Coast, Coast the, the West Coast okay, one. Yeah. yeah. So the Premier Rock Forum, dumb joke. Uh, it's based. It's a loose affiliation of. Freaks, nerds, and weirdos, uh, music obsessives. Uh, that was built around a internet forum on Steve Albini's electrical audio mm-hmm. message board. Mm-hmm. That kind of developed into its own thing, its own com- its own self policing community. Yeah. That uh, just does too cool stuff. So, and the for the PRF barbecue, the first one of those was just everybody getting together, meeting in person, 
and like bands playing at with and to each other. Does Steve go to these? Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but I mean, it's not. It's not a. It's Steve, not. It's not a Steve. It's not a festival. Steve thing, though. No, right, no, right, not right, at right, all. Right. And that's everyone's like, oh, yeah. Steve Albini, all the bands sound like Shirley. No, mm-hmm. idiot. <laughs> and like, it, it's like to even suggest something like that is just okay. You then you you obviously don't get it. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that's not what it is right. at all. It's just its own. It's its own thing. He's not like putting. It's not his like all tomorrow's parties lineups. No. It's just the community I mean, that's sort of built around the stuff. If he's yeah. not like playing poker or something, mm-hmm. like he, he'll show up to the Chicago ones. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he like worked the kitchen one time, you know. But like he's there as a. It's it's a it's a no lords situation. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like not like a top down thing. It's a bottom up sort of weird. Mm-hmm. Bizarre communitarian democracy. I, it sounds better than the Fire Festival, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you seen, guys I've actually not, made it work. You've been doing shows. Yeah, it's it just what the ten year ten year anniversary just happened. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're, I guess we should at some point yeah. bring up. <laughs> sometimes this show, I need to be reminded of like what the point of the show is. <laughs> but the 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 thing is that you know whether it's it's whatever level it's at. The I've managed to somehow create this gravitational field to kind of build this world around what I do, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. Like, and I'm you know, I, it's certainly through no small amount of work, but that's something that when we were talking about documentaries, I wanted to talk about. That's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about the residents because if you think about a band that kind of creates a world for themselves, there was no lane for the residents, nope. There was no like freaking record category for the residents. <laughs> no, still a little wonky. And uh, their own myth making. I mean, and and I, I don't remember talking on on Mike or not about uh, Hardy Fox passing away and like kind of. Oh yeah, uh, of course. I mean, like that. That's new. That's recent news. That's that's I mean, since the like documentary October. came out. Yeah, but I, I always so there. There's two. I find the residents inspiring on multiple levels. One of which is just having the ch- having the gumption to sort of just we're gonna do our thing. It doesn't fit these other things, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And just ha- having the like sort of naive mm-hmm. uh, confidence <laughs> that comes from you know with without like lack of technical aptitude or like just context of it, just being so involved in that world. Yeah. I actually think that's really inheriting. It's almost like, like half Japanese, the same sort of way at a much lesser level. Like, like Which also I, has a great documentary about I, them. I have not seen that one, but yeah. I agree. But I got a lot of time for any, anything like that. Like, uh, the Darger, the Henry Darger. Oh yeah. About, um, in the realm of, uh, yeah. The realm, in the realm of some, some other some, shit. Some shit. Some fucking shit. <laughs> the Darger shit. But it's uh, a beautiful story. No, yeah, yeah. And Amargosa, the Amargosa Opera House. That's an, that's another one where it's like this, this, it's like <laughs> on this rock, I shall build my church. Yeah. Mm. Like that, that like mindset is like always been appealing to me. Did you see the Jandak documentary? I did not. No. Cause this reminds me. I mean, okay, so we're talking about just to we're put, talk about theory of obscurity. Theory of obscurity, yeah. 2015 Don Hardy Jr. film, mm-hmm. which I actually saw at the SF International Film Festival. Oh, nice. Like we started this program, we started this show 
And then we got passes to the International Film Festival. Nice. I'm like, oh, I got to check this out, too. So I was the show a while. delivery system for getting free stuff. Um, You know, most of it's <laughs> I, I pay for Netflix. So right, I right. would say no. I mean, I can tell there's legitimate love for the form. We're getting some I mean, like advanced screeners. But like by the, the way that we schedule our show, it's like by the time we talk about something, it's like it's not an advanced screener anymore. Right, it's like right. widely available. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, uh, International Film Festival, they had a panel and okay. Homer was there for sure. And he's the only guy I've seen at events connected to residence things. Yeah. Like uh, I went to a thing at Stranded when Superior Viaduct put out the Santa Dog 7 inch mm-hmm. reissue. Oh, yeah. And he was that, there. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think anyone else in the film I've, I've seen as an affiliated person of. It's hard to tell world. because it's I mean, hard to know. Well, and the whole thing, even 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 the main guy with the mask in who's doing most of the vocals in this. Yeah. do you know who that is? It's still unclear. It's it's it, to me. I, He's got a little stubble, I, I, and that's yeah. it's like two thousand. I think 13? I think that's probably Hardy Fox. Frankly. That's what I was thinking, that, and that's the, I think the documentary the is what finally kind of led me to mm-hmm. down that path because. Well, first of all, if you listen, kind of listen to it, he's got a little bit of a twang. Little twang. His body type is like His slightly body types different about the same. than Homer. Yeah. So, uh, so not so, sure what Homer plays, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter because like yeah. they, like things like Eskimo play on an mm-hmm. instrument that you don't know. Yeah. And that's what comes out. It's like this, like warp genius of a, <laughs> and and you know now like borderline you, unlistenable to some people, and yeah. like the best thing ever to other people. Right. I mean, in the same room. Like, let's show how much, how far should we? We should backtrack, assuming that someone listening to this has never, never heard, the heard the residence, and then we can. I mean, I would say I'm not like a huge fan. I've picked up a few things here that and there. That actually surprises me. Yeah, you know, I because I am Reynolds a huge fan, and that surprises thing. people too. Where they, yeah, and I'm, I'm like, they're like one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah, you know, it's I, I kind of put them in a league with like a band that I conceptually like the idea. You respect of. them maybe more yeah, than I respect them. them. Yeah. I, I would say it's sort of like I was reading about like the Fugs, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I got to check out the Fugs, and then I'm like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think I need to listen to the Fugs. I'm glad the Fugs I'm glad. were there, <laughs> and which it's is like the dude in the Big Lebowski. Yeah, well, glad he's out there doing his thing. Well, um, <laughs> it's interesting because you wouldn't know other than watching this film, like the, I didn't, because you don't know how old these guys are, right. and they are really connected to Summer of Love, like which was surprising. So. Yes, so there's two very important points there. First of which is that for people that somehow don't know who the residents are, the mm-hmm. thing about them is they're like the the ultimate image band with, but not the ultimate artist band because the artist itself identity, uh, the identity of the yeah, artist. What, are, what do you mean? All, I, what do you mean by that? I'm well, confused. okay, so the identity <laughs> of the artist themselves is, is obscure. Like right. Nobody knows yeah, okay. who they are. They're, they speak of themselves officially, in, right? In, yeah, in, yeah. In third in third person. There's like all these yes. missives that refer to them as these, you know, and and like they just maintain this shtick for. 40 decades years and decades yeah. and decades at least and decades. 40 years and yeah. in a way that frankly you would not be able to do now there would be no way like no way there, yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. no ch- there's no chance this will never happen again mm-hmm. and because they maintain the, the secret identities the uh there's been people that have come in and come out uh, right you know it's it's very clear within the documentary like about when uh mole show happened like john kennedy took off mm-hmm. president of the crypto corporation why right. was he the president because his name was john, john kennedy. kennedy yes love that moment yeah and 
It's a fun documentary. It, it's, it, I don't You'll learn a lot if you've never even heard of the Residents. I don't You'll, think you need to know anything about no, I don't them. Think you need but to. But the thing about them is like they they elevated the identity of these mysterious entities. Mm-hmm. Basically, they took being this obscure group of people from Shreveport, Louisiana, like making this like hellacious racket, and but thinking it's like the best thing that's ever that's ever been at the same time, mm-hmm. and decided that them not being known is going to be something they were going to lean into. They were going to lean into that strength and make that the thing mm-hmm. to the point that they even recorded a record that they didn't release specifically. They were specifically recorded it not to release it. That's not available. <laughs> That's, not, that's the name of the record. Is not the, available. Is the Warner Brothers? They demo? finally they finally end up releasing it like whatever, fifteen yeah. years later. Mm-hmm. But they just do weird conceptual stuff like that. And it's not that they thought themselves as a band so much as like like an art thing. Yeah. Like the visual components, they were one of the first ones to do CD ROMs. They were doing like a high eight. They were doing video, mm-hmm. like everything. That, and people, you know, that listen to this now may not have the context, but like there was a time when you couldn't just like make a movie on your phone. But they were, you know? <laughs> it sounds like they actually did sell a lot of records in the beginning. They did. That's so the shocking part of Because it. They, they made this world for themselves mm-hmm. that for other people that felt like they were left out or that mm-hmm. they were not part of like the narrative of, you know, maybe the, the summer of love wasn't like dark and evil enough and weird for them or that like they didn't, you yeah. know, like the, the, the freaks for the freaky parts of the freaks, nerds and weirdos. Mm-hmm. They engendered this philosophy with this shameless mercantile attitude like buy or die was the motto mm-hmm. and they just put out these weird limited edition things that people just buy the hell out of and then like trade and sell later and like this is years before it. i mean everybody does that now mm-hmm. but like that was nobody sort of like was the doing fan that the fan club kind of mentality somewhat right but with yeah. unique like this this is recording only will be released in this format ever and then it's gone mm-hmm. like super unique and it built them and that in that in uh, as well as with their music, mm-hmm. which we'll just go ahead and say was very idiosyncratic mm-hmm. uh, and, and oftentimes, frankly, unlistenable, but <laughs> but sometimes beautiful. And mm-hmm. like a lot of people like will lean into the unlistenable part. They did a record called the commercial album and the commercial albums, all a bunch of one minute songs specifically that they that they wrote as one minute songs so they could play as ads during AM radio because it's the only way that they could get on the air. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And it's some of their best stuff. It's fantastic. And it's, and it's the idea of pop music deconstructed down to just its barest essentials. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, but they just couldn't, nobody was playing their stuff on the radio. It's so like, oh, I know how we can get on the radio. We'll buy a bunch of like cheap airtime and AM radio. What's weird that they what? were big on MTV, <laughs> which is well, surprising. And that comes back to the visuals. Yeah. Because at the time, there weren't a lot of bands doing visuals mm-hmm. at all. And they were already had been making uh, movies and, and videos yeah. and things for, for years. So it actually suited them well in this very brief, weird moment of time that allowed them greater access to like a bigger audience. And the fact a lot of that stuff's in like the MoMA now and, yeah. and like uh, these different museums and things like that. Um, but it wasn't, I mean, they kind of considered themselves like a multimedia enterprise or like filmmakers that were involved. Like yeah, they put, their shows were like plays almost. I wrote the, wrote down the quote that they sort of viewed themselves as failed filmmakers. Right. Like that was really <laughs> the medium that they wanted to do. They're just like, ah, they tape want- is cheaper. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> Basically, a lot of some was like fiscally minded, right? yeah. and then they, they did things where violence fats, which never 
really uh you know they go they go into like the whys and wherefores but there's this crazy ass movie like kind of almost forbidden zone yeah. looking uh um, the set designs are really cool and all beautiful this stuff, stuff. Yeah. you know a thing that has always been a big factor with the residents is naivete and i think that's a lot of the charm of their early stuff but when they were doing boundless fats nobody told them you couldn't put it in a movie theater once they found out that they would never be able to do anything with this except gather a bunch of friends around their living room to watch it, they kind of lost a certain level of enthusiasm and momentum towards it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Oh, now, so. now knowing that you're <laughs> such the, the fan and you lived in the Bay Area for yeah. a long time, did you end up overlapping at all with this world or... Not only, really only as a all. fan. I mean, okay. I saw them one, two, three, four, five. Six. I saw them like eight or nine times over the yeah. very, over the years. Well, let's put it this way: if I did, I didn't know. Right. Like I know someone. I know that where I'm they pretty practiced. sure played. Yeah, I, and I know I know, know I know that. someone that I, that, I that I'm pretty sure I know that someone that played in the live band at one mm-hmm. point. Yeah, but he wasn't telling me nothing. Yeah, uh, they practice down the hall from where Piaffer practices or okay. used to practice anyway. I, I also kind of didn't want to know. Like it's almost mm-hmm. not important because. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, it's Bono, it's Eddie Van Halen. And it's like, no, it's, they're just going to be like some regular dudes. You would never look at twice at the grocery store. And Not- that, that's what makes it beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it so interesting to me is that these are people that basically created superhero identities for themselves by making a lack of identity. Like, there's no part of that that makes sense. None. Mm-hmm. 0.0%. Mm-hmm. But they managed to carve out this own, there's a subsection of a subculture of these other people that just didn't realize they needed this place to belong. Mm-hmm. And that that's to me is what's so powerful. So about how young story. were you when that that kind of like hit you or like where you were introduced to this world? 14, 15. Really? Along those lines. OK, yeah. was this through? Was it because of Primus? Did you have? No, no, no I worked okay, at a record I, store. Yeah, actually, yeah. I didn't know Primus covered their songs yeah, until yeah. forever. And I knew about Primus independently. I knew about. I this, actually probably knew about Primus first. Right. Yeah. Um, because I lived in Modesto and you just, there was not even a good record store, let alone. So you, you worked in a record store in Modesto and this, you, someone, some older person was like, you got to check out these. Well, at that point I'd moved up, I'd already moved up to Oakland. So it was Tower Records. It wasn't, it was like the fourth best record store in Berkeley. Oh, you worked at the Tower (laughs) on Durant? I did. Yes. Oh, wow. That was a Leopold's long before that. Anybody, anybody, well, it was before it was in that building. Right. When Leopold was still around. Right, right, right. So it was next door to, and I think it's like a raver store or something oh, now. God. But like, who even knows? Yeah, who knows? But 
it was not a cool record store, but I got to listen to music for free, which is so funny now because you think about it, like everybody can listen to anything yep. for free. It used to be hard. <laughs> but at the time, it was like, I have to go to the library to listen to this to see if mm-hmm. I want to get it. But yep. I was constantly, that's how I discovered the birthday party. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's how I discovered uh, the Stooges. That's how I discovered, like, all of my favorite bands was like from working at a record store, including, including the residents. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard it, I was like, I don't know what I just listened to. Like, it, it was just baffling to me. Mm-hmm. Like, and like the skill level of the musicians seemed to be <laughs> like root, rudimentary to uh, functionally retarded. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay to say that. I don't even know anymore. Whatever. Yeah. Del- developmentally disabled. Write to Conan Neutron. <laughs> yeah. Don't write to Jordan. At write to me. Conan Neutron. Uh, it just everything about it, like, didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So of course that's had to keep listening. I think it was Duck Stab I first listened mm-hmm. to and I was like, what is what is this? And I just really just dug into it and it was like, I'm gonna f- crack the code on this. Mm-hmm. And what I found immediately it was like, okay, so there's some stuff this band's put out a million things. Some that I like, some it's god awful. But the stuff that I like is really cool and like just has amazing ideas in it where they're just you can tell they're just trying stuff. And a lot of it doesn't land. And some of it just lands okay or just lands weird. But they're just trying it. They're just yeah. like, they aren't even, they, if there's any doubt in their minds, it certainly isn't present on the records. And that was so inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. Even as I was sort of, if I'm coming from a very conventional, like, punk rock dude place mm-hmm. and like kind of having my mind expanded it's by like, listening to like The Fall right. and like uh, Gang of Four and stuff like that at the time. But like, yeah, that's interesting you keyed in because in that way, I think this can this film can relate to a lot of people that aren't musicians. Yeah. Uh, it kind of just has to do about like commitment in a way. I think and in a way this whole thing is about committing to the bit. Yeah, committing to the bit. As much for sure. as possible. Absolutely. For uh apparently like losing what did they do? They went on a, a tour with 16 people and two ba- two yeah. bands and lost two original members because of Be- Yeah, two, p- two of the original money. people that have been through all this other answers yeah. like I'm out. Did, this is we've gone way yeah. too far with this. Yeah. <laughs> like and that's a perfect ex- I mean that I think that holds true for people that are in a comedy. Mm-hmm. If you, I think it holds true for people that like write books. Like anybody that you know, there's something to be learned. There. I'm not saying like do go do what they did. No, I mean you couldn't exactly. But I think like what I like some sometimes music documentaries would would you I wouldn't even even know this is a, obviously it's a music documentary. It is ultimately. But it, sometimes music documentaries have more to say about just uh, creativity in general. And I think right. this is kind of more the case that's, in this one. That's one of the reasons why Zero Dawn yeah. is for that, as you, as you can tell. I mean, we also did mention that Melvin's doc uh, as a possible thing, which I haven't but seen it's yet. it's so obvious. Seems I mean, like, like it's just like it's um, I mean, I can sort of picture it. It's a, it's a story of a rock band, it, right? It's it, it's a better than average documentary. Yeah. And, and actually, it gives you a window into the world that gives you insight. Uh, into, oh, and like how I, they work. I've seen like, you know, uh, Buzzo like. Do just like talking on YouTube, telling yeah. stories. So obviously, it'd be entertaining. It, it's very entertaining. Yeah. It's cool because they have like Lucans in there, and there's all, there's mm-hmm. totally bad blood between them. Like, and, oh really? But then like you know, Dutrum didn't want to participate. I was like, okay, but the, the but there's so many cool moments like Buzz and Mackie like screen printing the records for the go out on tour and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it's really interesting too because it's a window into their world. But here's why I didn't want to do that one. 
in some small, like I'm Pluto in this situation, mm-hmm. I'm like a part of their universe. Right. So that's too You're obvious. You're in a band with Dale. Yeah. And, so, yeah. and Buzz like sings on a couple of the songs and I love those guys to death, but somebody else should do that documentary. Yeah. Someone else wants to. So because it's awesome. Yeah. It's freaking great. Okay. I'm, you know, okay, my part got cut. I don't care. Like I, oh, I you were interviewed it. for yeah, it? Yeah, like a small yeah. part. But like, but I'm like unabashedly a fan of what they do, but Melvins are another one where they just have built this world. They've they, built this yeah. world that has this, that has fans that have a lot of time for what they do. Even yeah. if, and, and if they, even if they don't like what the latest thing is, they still have like that, you know, whatever I would, brand I, commitment. Yeah. I've said this to other people. It's like the, the, the Melvins career is kind of like, the ideal career in a certain oh, way. Oh, totally. Yeah. Because they, they're still doing what they love. Yeah. They're still making challenging stuff. Like, it, it, there's, there is something worthwhile on every Melvin's record. Mm-hmm. And even if it's like, oh, I only like, like the, you know, the super slow heavy stuff. Like, well, there's, they've made the, those definitive records and you can listen to those a thousand times and they're mm-hmm. still great records. Like, you're going to have to deal with the fact that, like, there's going to be different stuff on here. Mm-hmm. And, if you are willing to walk into it with an open mind and think of them as more than just that one thing, then it's going to be a fantastic experience. Cause you, what you're getting is like, Oh, that's good. That's like a good record. Like yeah. I would enjoy listening. And like, yeah, that's also the same band that made stag and stoner, Witch and bullhead and Ozma. And those are great records as well, but you can have both those ideas exist simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And that's very inspiring to me, much in the same way you can have this art movement, that acts as a band like the like the residents mm-hmm. that also has some pretty rad super psyche tunes it's it's kind of hard to like really compare the residents to other like you say art bands like uh you know like what it is, doesn't hit the same do, way. I, I, you know it's interesting because jerry casali is interviewed in here and then yeah like, they, they, he talks about how like basically he's like i wish devo had stayed more like the residents because they started the same way with they yeah. had like films and they had more really like conceptual element. yeah super stuff. high concept yeah and then they just basically they were good at writing like hits you know and, and, they, and, they, and like, they became a weird rock band yeah. that you know inspired generations of other weirdos oh yeah i mean devo's like basically the, a rock band at home. right devo's like the very successful like and I don't know that the residents could have decided to become a Devo, but the Devo could have decided to become <laughs> yeah, Devo a Devo could have been the residents. I think I don't think the residents could have been no, anything I don't but think the so. residents. And that's yeah. one of the reasons why there's some... I have a lot of time for that just incredibly open-hearted, sincere weirdness. Mm-hmm. Where there's just like... It's not like it's a calculated move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not they're like, hey guys, I got a great idea. Because <laughs> yeah. first of all, it's... You it's, guys like paper mache? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the clo- the other. Per- how do you like? Yeah. How do you like the idea of not ever getting props for any of your musicianship for the rest of your life? Cool. Oh my god! Did you did you <laughs> ever fuck with like Carolina or Rubberosa? Yeah, Because yeah. it's kind of like the next generation <laughs> that's clearly uh, inspired by yeah. this, I, but like even more like DIY. Yeah, and, and I I dig that stuff too, but for me. There, there's, there isn't anything quite like the residents. No, and I, I mean, say that, it's gothier in a way. It's yeah, like, it kind of has a goth. Like the fan base is a little gothier. And it's weird how that works too, because, well, and they do a good job of showing, like in in theory of obscurity at at the live shows of the residents. It's, it's like not just a bunch of like old hippie burnouts. It's like all different mm-hmm. kinds of people. And there's people that like probably don't go to see other shows. They mm-hmm. come see the residents or came to see the residents. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's 
again, harkening back to the world building piece of it, where you have this place that you make that people didn't know they needed yet. Mm-hmm. And, and I, that, like I said, that's, I got a lot of time for that. Mm-hmm. Even if, <laughs> I mean, you'd have to pay me to listen to some of the residents, <laughs> right? But like some of them are some of my favorite of all time right. too. So, and it, it's like, this is the, ultimately the same band and even the ones where it's like okay gotten three persons is like ah it's like when i read the exegesis by philip k dick i'm like oh my god this is good but oh this is hurting my mind Mm -hmm. you know there's things like that where i wouldn't even bothered if it had not been a band that i knew i could like okay you've bought some goodwill Mm -hmm. for me like i just have i i like i i have a lot of time for them and a lot of love for them even if I don't love all of the output. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's rarer and rarer these days where it's more just like you're as good as whatever the last thing you did was. Yeah, I don't know how... The things you were saying about, like, now you couldn't be purely anonymous. I think there was, like, some black metal dudes that tried to do that. Yeah, it was a ghost. It's not really going to fly quite as easily and I, I you know i would say jandek is the other yeah. one that you'd really somehow jandek's managed still jandek is people know who jandek is now but he kind of does the same thing as like oh there's corewood the way there's cryptic corporation like yeah like there's like a- i'm the representative of <laughs> these different corewood. layers and like and yeah. like we just throw almost like throw up enough dust that like people are like i don't even care anymore yeah <laughs> like I mean, it's too much nonsense to wade through i mean it's like <laughs> at a certain point i'm thinking of like this there's like obviously there's some there's this band that i knew of as just like their symbol was an upside down cross and that's all i really knew oh. about those guys but the guy then i i just googled it and i figured out who the guy was he like lives in berlin or something okay uh but um it's like oh is man crosses is no 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 it's or? just it's a glacial ghost i guess if you okay. google glacial ghost but that's his symbol is like an upside, down, an upside cross. down cross and i have whatever. the cd i'm like oh this is like really i like how I can't Google this, you know. Yeah, like I like the like totally ungoogleability. Ungoogleable. I mean, you know, to the point like like I did a record with like chick 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 back when that was like yeah. hard to spell. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you could not. Whereas Google it wasn't that. even chick. It was just three repetitive it was just sounds. Three, just it was just three pop, exclamation pop, pop, points. You know. Yeah. So you know, it was whatever you wanted to call it, but which was un. I guess that was kind of early Google at that time, but um, yeah. Yeah, I going to world building. Um, it is funny that how like the un, un like the champions, the champions of that yeah. thing. Like yeah. whether you want to be in the world or not, you can't disagree with the fact they built a freaking. Yeah. Is it like LARP? Is it like LARPing? Kind of? I don't know. I like don't, it's like, it's like, like what is, Can you LARP as a resident? You know, like this. I mean, in a way, it could be like an I am a Spartacus thing. I mean, it just the first five minutes is just like. Which is a thing you have to do in me. Every music documentary, I guess, has to do this. I'm sure that Brainiac documentary will be the same thing. The first 10 minutes is just like, they, they should have been bigger Change than the world, God. man. You I'm know, so, yeah, so which cool. I am looking forward to that Brainiac No, no, I totally am. Yeah. And I was also another <laughs> option for a film we could have done if I had the screener, but we did not. Um, yeah, no, Les Claypool, obviously, Chris Cutler from Henry Cow. That oh, was yeah, yeah, interesting, yeah. Right. Uh, which kind of tied into the thing of them doing a lot better in the UK mm-hmm. just because there was Not more music press yeah. and more like well, interest in like prog. There was more, there was, yeah. and there was more, there was more music press and like their sort of anti-image image was, was fascinating to them because like the, the UK music press, especially then doesn't really exist anymore. No, right? not the way it was. They, yeah. they, they wanted to pick apart the puzzle and they mm-hmm. would make a puzzle to pick apart because they were bored mm-hmm. if there wasn't one, AKA see these like manual. Manufactured, yeah, 
uh, rivalry. You have to remember like that. that, like, basically, there were like at least two or three weekly music magazines right. based out of London, and in America, it was like just Rolling Stone, which was yeah. like at was it bi-weekly at some point? I think it was like at, at its at its biggest run. I think that like might have been bi-weekly. Right. So it was just n- the volume. Of stuff that needed to get filled. Yeah. And so anything where you British could easily press. just write a story and especially have like a picture of some weird oh, visual, like yeah. a dude with, this is the first time you mentioned it, but an eyeball with a top hat on. Yeah. They're in. They're if you didn't know in, what right? we're talking about for the last half hour, the rest I, is the eyeball with the top hat as popularized by Kesha on, on oh, her live right. stage Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, they, there's a small scene in that <laughs> in the movie. Which yeah. Is, which was kind of like the big news around the time this came out, 2015. It's just like, if you don't know... You know, you maybe have seen this on, like, they were going to sue Kesha or well, something. What I think is so interesting is a lot of people have seen that visual of mm-hmm. the, re- the resident with the eye, but they don't know where they saw it from, you yeah. know? And I think that's that's so interesting. We were, t- and we talked about Penn I mean, Penn is one of the talking heads, not mm-hmm. the band talking heads, one of the talking heads in the movie. And he literally went on tour with them as, like, this MC character. And he's also, in, and this wasn't in the movie, but he's, like, the host of the, um, during the commercial album era, they made a video called a uh, one minute movies, which was just the video piece of it. And, and if I, he hosted that, if I remember right, I think Lydia lunch might be in it too, but it might be, did he live in San Francisco? I'm going to be mixing stuff? up my, my VHS copies of things. I have somewhere in the basement, but <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I was just like trying to piece together if like Pendulette actually lived in San Francisco. Or what in, was I mean, he lived in Vegas for a really yeah. long time. He still at this lives point. in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Cause they have like a show there and stuff. Yeah. And but he also, I think produced like this covers album. Yeah. Of resident stuff, mm-hmm. which is another. He, yeah. He's a, him. And so he's one of the more interesting super fans. Matt Groening Simpsons. Another, another big talking head yeah. in this film. Matt Groening, who also wrote a biography. Yeah. Uh, which I forget the name of. Oh, but, so like uh, Matt Groening was like a rock journalist kind of early on before he did yeah. life in hell, yeah. which life in hell beget the Simpsons and mm-hmm. uh, everything else. But yeah, he was a big residence fan, big beef heart fan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's featured prominently in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one guy in here who, I don't know if you remember, this guy Joshua Brody. He is one of the, I think he was a touring member. Yeah. And he was in uh, Vileness Fats as a guy who was like carrying a Yeah, plate. yeah. And he's he's the one that like he wanted to meet the one, uh, the want, one lady. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, her name. Oh, gosh. I Which wrote I, her I name down here. Irene Dogmatic. Yeah, and he was like. just Googled. And he, he, he really wanted to like meet like, Irene Dogmatic. Meet her, and then like they ended up just like Oh yeah, here like th- threw him a yeah. costume. Hey, you're in this now. Yeah, you're, you want to meet her? Come be an extra in our <laughs> insane uh, just, just student that film. Jupiter like <laughs> gravitational field of just bringing people into yeah. like your world and like creating like a bigger and bigger planet that brings in more people and more things. So I I I, I you see why it weird, appeals to me. <laughs> I had a weird interaction with this dude. I mean, with, with that guy from the movie. Yeah, okay. Joshua uh, Brody was. I used to work at this theater in the mission called the marsh and he was like in a show. Yeah. Yeah, He was like in, he was like the music guy in the show with these people that I guess were like kind of their generation. Like they're slightly younger than the hippies. Right. But they were like the San Francisco weirdos kind of, of maybe like the same generation is like, like they're probably in their sixties now. Mm -hmm. Contemporaries for them. Yeah. Yeah. So that was weird when I saw this documentary, I'm just like, 
I, why do I know who that dude is? Oh yeah, he. I used to serve him coffee How funny. at the Marsh. How funny! A lot of weird things have passed through the Marsh. Apparently, W. Kamal Bell through the Marsh also. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people. Um, uh, I also really liked the focus on the graphics and the which ties yeah. in the visual style. Yeah, uh, there was incredible. Vi- I mean, just oh, yeah. you like like. Tons of people have ripped that off, mm-hmm. like ripped off their visual style well, in, a, in a lot of ways. And they're saying that the, the eyeball thing was created for a T-shirt. And they're like, well, I guess our most popular yeah. product is a T-shirt yeah. and not a record. I, and, but like it's, I but I used to have that shirt. Mm-hmm. Like even, I think even before I had a residence record, I had that shirt. Cause I was yeah. like, oh, that's so cool looking. Yeah. Uh, and Homer was uh, kind of took responsibility for the graphics as well. Yeah. And then I think that's where it led to like they, they allude in the documentary to these problems with like money and accounting and mm. like that's one of the reasons why john kennedy and the other the other fellow left after the the, 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 the tour that yeah yeah like bankrupted them essentially and, and what's with yeah. it i mean i can't imagine they were getting crazy money on like mechanical royalties or anything maybe but like it, it seemed like most of that was probably on merch you know it's and and, and the fact that probably that ralph actually put out a bunch of different bands yeah. which i like tuxedo Moon, a lot of yeah uh, ronaldo Yella, and the loaf ronaldo and the loaf yellow who had Yella that was huge like hit. the big it, the, but that hit wasn't on it wasn't on on right uh, that on yeah, right it, it wasn't was, on that it was record. later but they yeah. put out yellow records yeah, yeah we're not on the i mean tons of like really snake fingers to, all the snake finger records are how great. insane would it be if they did put out that that the yellow hit from ferris bueller <laughs> and be, then that was like they would be a household name right and then <laughs> the they would have all the money in the world yeah. and then what i just talked about but that yellow is not even a household name Ju- jupiter anymore. like gravitational field yeah. they would have a black hole level grad gravitational field they would suck entire universes mm-hmm. in but yeah, that, that did not happen. As we no, but uh, uh, yeah, no. Gary Panter also worked for. Uh, he did some graphics for the Ralph Records yeah. stuff. And there's really a big iconic with style. Gary really, Panter really, in there, yeah. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of uh, like uh, what, what's it? Uh, the only one I can think of that like is anything kind of like that is a uh, Wrangler Brutes. Um, oh, Sam McFeeders. Uh, McFeeders. Yeah, so McFeeders. Yeah, and it's not the same, but like sort of like. He's familiar with Gary Panter yeah. and uh, probably with the resident style as well. Yeah. Like in a good way of kind of like picking up the torch yeah. and running with it. I mean, I got to say, like the CD-ROM era does visually is a bizarre. It's it, it's it doesn't hold up as no. anything, but it also like is like. The ultimate version of it, like the Lawnmower Man aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, it, is it's how I view it. absolutely. So it if looks, you liked Lawnmower Man, <laughs> you'll probably like the rest of the CDR, which so, is freak show. Freak show. Uh, yeah. yeah, so it looks goofy as hell. Did you? In fi- the did you ever mess? I, I had that. You yeah, had I had that, that CD-ROM. Did, is it still playable to play a CD-ROM uh, now? What, what does I it don't know where generate it is. as. Uh, like I don't know. It's just like it's kind of like it, it just, has to be like in a Windows Media Player or something like that. It wouldn't even be a Windows no, Player. No, I think it's. I think it. We're gonna talk uh, file. This is a file format show. We should just okay. have. A, why don't we have a podcast just about file formats? File, file formats I with think a Z. Maybe you and I <laughs> do a file format show. Talk just about like, a niche. You guys, oh, you remember when cassette uh, tapes VLC had players on them? Uh, VLC players so good, man. Oh, I, I fucking remember with VLC. Winamp That's really whipped the llama's ass. You know, I never was a big Winamp person, but I'm I'm VLC <laughs> now. I do VLC, VLC now. VLC's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Well, okay. Having nothing to do, I'm just gonna bail out. The residents invented their own uh, 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 media player. Yeah, no. uh, I I had that. I had the CD-ROM. I had Freak Show and Bad Day in the Midway. And at the time, 
you have to understand like the enhanced plus CD thing. Like it was them and poster children, pretty much the only people I, I knew doing it. And like it could mean anything, but with them it was basically a game. Was it a very fun game? No. Was it interesting? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it was the, a bandersnatch of its time. <laughs> it was it was the bandersnatch of its time. I mean, I, I understand that's meant to be as a joke, but like yeah. it it was in the same way that Bandersnatch itself, fantastic A plus conception, B plus execution, probably the same thing for Bad Day of the Midway and, mm-hmm. and Freak Show. Ultimately. That should have been one of the options in Bandersnatch is like pick up a residence record, right? That would be that would be old. or like or a record. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be amazing. That'd be some. I mean, incredible. that that guy was a birthday party fan as well. That so. that was a amazing moment. It was like, what? Because that's like one of my favorite bands. I'm like, that's awesome. That's yeah. totally awesome. Uh, but yeah, as far as them adopting new forms of media, and and working with them, like like I mean, they were this like Diva pioneers in in that art form, mm-hmm. and also just messing around with new synths and stuff, and like finding like finding new sounds and th- and things along those lines. They were absolutely revolutionary Mm -hmm. with all that because they were just fearless about trying new stuff not all the lands but Mm -hmm. they were fearless about it yeah and it's interesting to me that like they did um what's the one uh it's like all the bible stories but it's like all the the messed up bible stories i don't think they even get into it in the movie Mm -hmm. but like really just weird cool like like weird thing to focus on, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like it worked out really well. And, and they focus a lot. The only, my only bitch about the movie is that they focus a lot on the tour, the, like the 2014 tour where Randy, the resident is like, t- like talking about the old days, this and oh, that. Yeah. And that's kinda, almost like that Springsteen on Broadway style. Thing. Right. But it's like with this clear <laughs> character speaking in yeah. character, but also kind of telling actual stories right. too. Like, so it's kind of hitting on two levels at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little conflicted on that piece of it. Cause for me, I think but, but coming at it from a fan, like I like having that, that separation and mystery between it. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about like these days, art and artist are inseparable. Like you are the art, yeah. you are the artist. You're always on, you're always representing yourself on social right. media as and well. And, you know, good, yeah. bad, or indifferent, mm-hmm. that's just the world we live in now. Mm-hmm. And the residents were very much not that. And I almost didn't like seeing the behind the scenes. Yeah. Like it, uh-huh. it wasn't like a full dropping of the curtain, yeah, but it was like a, little a lot of Homer in it. there. Yeah. Yeah. And I get where he's like, you know, you're, you're, you got to make a film. If you're making a film, you kind of like, how do you make this film? I guess. So how do you make a movie is how you make a film without having. Yeah. How do you, how do you make a movie about a band and not reveal the band? Yeah. Right. Well, okay. So what you get is you got people talking about it in this weird third person Mm -hmm. (laughs) tense, Yeah. which can be confusing or annoying to people, but Mm -hmm. you also have to be like, okay, you have to realize that the documentary is kind of part of the shtick. Yeah. I mean, I think the tiger's part of the show. I saw the film. Only maybe having seen Homer around and not really yeah. fully comprehending what his role was. Yeah. But then now watching it again, plus since we've, uh, since the last time I watched it, since uh, I guess the fall, uh, uh, it's uh, Hardy Fox passed away. Yeah. And I guess told NPR his whole story before. Yeah. He did. And, and, and I get that sort of like, all right, now now's the last chance for me to like get this out and like yeah. basically see how people flip out about it, you know? Yeah. But it's also like, you kind of, yeah, dude, we kind of fair, know. you know, yeah, I mean, it's like deep throat being revealed. <laughs> right. And it's, and it's like, Oh, it's just Mark felt, huh? Okay. 
Who? All right. Yeah. yeah. But I, 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 I understand. But from, from a perspective of taking the human element out of it, I love the idea of it just being this. You never, you're never really gonna know. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's still that's still the case. But just because, like we mentioned way earlier, there's never gonna be another residence. There's gonna be other things that maybe do one or two pieces of that. But I mean, what they pulled off could only have been done of their of their time. Now, I thought the only part that I really didn't like about the documentary was that like they, they spent even like two minutes on the like, oh, we wanted to go to San Francisco because it was that's what was happening. We go party, take okay. drugs. Woo. Because I just that's not interesting to me because I don't care about any of that. Yeah. Well, it's also it's sort of surprising. I mean, I'm like, what drugs were they doing? That's yeah. the main question about the residents. I'm like, <laughs> probably psychedelics. what drugs was involved Getting in out of limb here probably psychedelics yeah yeah <laughs> i mean if they were landing in san francisco in 69 i'm like that's got to be part of the explanation but i don't but they're from like the south from the small Shreveport, town in the south yeah. and then it has this weird quality of like people i know who do do weird music that yeah. are from the south yeah it's the weirdest shit ever. Yeah, it's, it's just like weird, out of like southern, like it's just like freaking. It, it from, has its own hot house quality. Yeah, you know? be beamed out from like an alien planet mm-hmm. or something. Well, and that's I just like I just like, or something. Right, you know? right, right, yeah. right. I just like the fetishization of drugs as a vehicle for creative, uh, for for creative exploitation because I don't feel like drugs make people creative. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can be creative and take drugs and maybe like you get over certain blocks you have for yourself, mm-hmm. but the creativity was there. The creativity wasn't right. caused by the drugs. And I almost feel like it's the same dumb. Oh, well, then we took acid and wrote this great song. It was like, well, you always had that great song. It just happened to be that you were on drugs when you realized. I it mean, was there. I guess you could sort of say like when people look at like, like DJ screw or something like that, mm-hmm. like, Okay, that's because people were drinking cough syrup and everything sounded yeah. better slow. Yeah. Or like SoundCloud rap has to do with opioids or something. I mean, it's informed of the of, sound. Like I've, I've had, I have a friend who has like a theory that there's a connection between those things. But then like the residence is a bad trip. It's like a bad well for trip. sure, and it, it's it, not totally like, a good like, trip. like it's not like yeah, the, it's the other side of like Jefferson Airplane yeah. or something where it's just like it's like no, this is this is the bummer side of that. But I say that I've never taken a psychedelic in my life. I don't care about drugs. Eh. It's not it's not my thing, yeah. and so, and I don't like judge those that do. But I, I get annoyed when people equate creativity with drug use. I mean, it and is I feel just like it was a part just of the a, story of San Francisco yeah, in that era. It would be disingenuous not to tell it, but yeah. like. I don't know. Like that—that that was the only part that, and that's my personal. I don't expect anyone else to agree with me, except for Ian McKay. Maybe I don't know. But I like, mean, like I don't do psychedelics, <laughs> but I see the role that I definitely. Yeah, they're definitely. I mean, a, you, you know, walk down Hate Street. Yeah, it's yeah. still like someone's it's, still living in 1969. You know, they've never left. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a time capsule in, mm-hmm. a, in the freakiest way. But like, I could have. Like, there's so much to tell that I almost could have done with a little less. That's of like that the part cliche of the part of it. Like, oh, you feel really? like we it's just a to, cliche. Yeah, we have to like. Yeah. We have to do this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I would, because there's whole areas like where I'm like, you didn't talk about this record, you didn't talk about this era, mm-hmm. you didn't talk about like any of this, and it's like oh, okay, but you can't, you're not gonna be able to please everybody. On yeah, it. and I did like that they included stuff like them being in the museum and stuff, and where it's like a fridge. Oh yeah, <laughs> with the like, fri- fridge we didn't talk about the-, the MoMA. There's a fridge at MoMA that has like awesome LPs, books, CD-ROMs, and like a USB yeah, dongle. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's inner, like the weirdest in thing. a not plugged in fridge i don't think you know but they could fit all their stuff in a fridge yeah and like i like that i think the, that's really awesome the woman from moma it was like her her outgoing show because it was like 2014 that was happening yeah. and like her credits were like i was here from 2000 to like 2013 yeah. i'm like well this is what i'm leaving this yeah this is this is with. this is part of my legacy and you're, you, you just have to deal with this fridge full, yeah. of, full of weirdo art that you probably don't want to have be here i'm trying to remember any but, but the residents yeah. inspired that kind of loyalty yeah and the, and that kind of people willing to go well above and beyond to be, be part of, of it. grace note yeah, <laughs> right right I, for, I forgot about it's that. like yeah. it's like what they say about the velvet underground or something it's yeah like everyone who liked this band uh became a silicon valley weirdo <laughs> um yeah, i think that's how the saying goes um, right yeah yeah i was trying to remember because i was at the screening in 2015 yeah at the film festival so don hardy jr was there yeah the film Homer was there i think the editor was there uh-huh. and i think i the editor Don Hardy was like worked in like like the local NBC affiliate or something like okay. that. So uh, I think that's the person who did a lot of the shooting. Sure, but yeah, I, yeah. I'm trying to remember any details from that. I mean, it was a while ago. I wish I had taken I, some better notes. I tell you, but I wasn't there. Yeah, so. yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as as a film, I think it moves pretty well. I do think like yeah, obviously that whole 2014 tour. Is just the, when they were filming. Yeah. Obviously, they didn't have, they had archival for a lot of other stuff. Right. If archival and the, it, it seems like they started shooting it around 2013 or so. And, and I feel like, I feel like if, if you are a fan, you'll get what you want out of it. Mm-hmm. But you'll probably be like, oh, why didn't they cover this, this, and this? Because it would be six hours long, dude, yeah. is, is the reason why. But like, if you're not a fan, I think it, tell, it does a good job of telling the story while kind of omitting necessary details to keep up the mm-hmm. the you know the palace intrigue of it mm-hmm. and like like could you make this could you do like a biopic like 10 part spin-off miniseries yeah, like a netflix series or something from yeah. louisiana moved to san francisco 1969 i mean they discover uh they discover a weird warehouse on sycamore street yeah and start making records and you know you, you could probably you probably could but, you but it would do, yeah. <laughs> but you'd have to manufacture a whole lot of drama i'm sure right because a lot of times they were probably just doing the work and that's not very exciting to be on the television i mean it sounds know? like that tour would be really worth yeah it's like you spend everything on like the the mole show tour yeah and have that be like a, a season one of the big questions that gets asked a lot is why did you decide to leave the cryptic corporation money i had to take care of myself and business and money required reality. The residents were off on their own. They had met the real world, and I had to go on and do the same myself. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. 
I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Gotta cast this dock. Gotta cast this dock. I, I was thinking about in terms of like not just casting single actors, but like what you'd have to do like a young version and like, oh, okay. like an, an older yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and you don't have a lot of footage to work with of yeah of what what Amon some weird open mic footage of them yeah in seventy one with like uh their friend whose name I I jotted down um yeah were there on that open mic yeah um, that's that that was pretty um there that footage like I still can't tell who's who everyone looks like my idea of like Mo. From Mo's books on Telegraph, you know, totally. Like, like this, this, top again, hat. like I think I said it already. Just like you wouldn't look at them twice in yeah, the street. No. Like just like just a dude. It's, what's that? Oh, just a dude. Like mm-hmm. whatever. Just some guy. Some guy that lives in Berkeley. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, so in with that, uh, and I tried to think of actually. I was going to try to do three. I was going to okay. try to do young, middle, and old. Okay. I didn't really nail it. Yeah. So so, so what I came up with. Is for the sort of middle age. Well, well, Michael Shannon. Oh, for one as uh, as uh, uh, Jay Clem? No, no. Um, fuck, I'm trying to remember which one. Can- John, John Kennedy. John Kennedy. Okay, interesting. Um, right, and then uh, John C. Riley. Because oh. I think that guy's incredibly like he's just sort of. He could embody it, but this they're not physically not physically not. He's not gonna look it. I'm not. I'm not casting for looks. Who gives a damn what they look like? Right? Yeah. Uh, Walton Goggins. Oh, for Hardy Fox. That's an interesting choice. And again, part of its attitude and Mm -hmm. part of its like presence, but I think he could pull off that as the performer. Yeah, as the performer for sure. Well, and that that dude actually is a really good actor so that's yeah. more like like a kind of like okay mm-hmm. let, let's go down that route and then uh hank azaria for uh uh um, j clem j clem yeah oh that's interesting which yeah. again i'm not going for for like what yeah. they look like because it's like i barely fucking remember what they look like and it, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't yeah. remember yeah and then for older yeah um campbell scott Oh, which a lot of people like. Yeah, don't I, ever think old of. Campbell Scott. Old Ca- Not, Campbell yeah, Scott yeah. now, like Gra- he was just in the graying, most recent right? season Silver of Fox. Of, yeah. Okay. House of Cards. Which okay. Is not great, but he's great mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Like, and he's he's really great oh, at that kind he of. He was role. a great actor the whole he's time. He's got that yeah, gravitas, yeah. got that presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Glenn. Oh yeah. Who recently showed up as Stick in Daredevil, but I haven't seen him in, and, in a while, and uh, he did something else too. And the leftovers. Scott Glenn's in the leftovers. Yeah, too. I think I think I you're think right, but I think he's just a got a similar that, role. He's got that kind of cranky kind. Oh, he has been so cranky. Forever. Yeah, he's, he's, that yeah. dude's been a crank yeah. for forever. Well, uh, I'm. Uh, I was gonna throw out also that thing from uh, Monsters Inc. The eyeball thing. Yes, yes, that's good. That's that's solid. That's solid. And also David Koechner, because every episode we have to bring up David Koechner is appropriate for any documentary. He's. He would it's be. A, it's a one size fits character. all. It's like a universal screwdriver. Yeah. Uh, and then Christopher Lloyd. Oh, yeah. Cool. And uh, Willem Dafoe. Is Christopher Lloyd still alive? He's not acting, is all I know. I think he I is. Because didn't he do like a Back to the Future thing with. Um, oh, did uh, he? Yeah, that was like referencing the election or something. Oh, wow. 
I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he is. Let me double check. I should have checked this beforehand. He's old as hell. I know that. Yeah. Um, this has been the Christopher Lloyd podcast. And <laughs> he's 80 years old, but he's still alive. Oh, man. So yeah. I'll stand by that because, like, they're all old as hell, too. Yeah. And I think when yeah. you get, like, to white dudes, it's usually, unless they have some distinctive feature, old as old. Christopher but Lloyd is, is is a good casting. Large, sure. But largely have it as, like, the old residents. So you got Campbell Scott, Scott Glenn, Christopher Lloyd, and Willem Dafoe. Oh, man. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, they just should just be the new That's residents. Just, have the just book, book put them as the new residents. Yeah, exactly. yeah, just like, I think you've cast the new residents. I think that's all you needed. <laughs> they can keep this. the legacy going. Exactly. For that. Yeah. Um, I think. I wish I knew. I was trying to think of like good character actors that are young. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, the kid from the freaking Maze Runner. I, I can't think of anything. I, yeah. The new, the new, <laughs> the new good character actors are like. I'll actually become leads. Yeah, like, and they're Timothy all like Chalamet super handsome. Or, I'm like, none of these are handsome yeah, dudes. It should be or, someone kind of uh, like Ben is back or whatever. That kid, yeah. you know, Lucas Hedges or whatever his name is. It so. should be someone that's kind of doofy looking, frankly. Yeah. I mean, because that's otherwise it's it's not as and I get, yeah. you know, Campbell Scott's like a good looking dude, mm-hmm. but he's also like he's got that weather beaten kind of like mm-hmm. look to him. So yeah. like that that's what I came up with. That's yeah. Like, I did put more time there into it. There are some women in this film, just to like clarify. There and there were women that were performers that were like uh, Molly Harvey. Yep. she's one that toured with them. And yep. uh, but yeah, it seems like it's very heavily. It's heavily dude. It's a heavily dude kind of show. That didn't escape my attention too, because I was thinking about it in terms of of like, of like well. I mean, Kesha's barely no. Um, uh, I also really like their tour manager, that guy Hein Fokker. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He just like I was just on board, and I became their tour manager. Like that's yeah. They seem to have a thing where just whoever was around got like it's a cult. Like very cult. Yeah, got abducted. It's very cult (laughs) into into their band. Did you? You did not contribute to the Indiegogo for this. Because there's a huge list of credits. Don't think I did, and I don't know why. I I remember that there was one. Uh I think I honestly I think I forgot. Have you ever done an Indiegogo? Yeah. Have you, you given an Indiegogo yeah, for yeah. Uh, films? Yes, yes. Yeah. Couple, it, uh, more than a few times, actually. I, w- I would do it, but then it, I I uh, like that. I gave for the Brainiac one. Oh, you did for the Brainiac and one. The Right Coalition one and uh, a couple others. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're in this sort of era. That's the way to do it now. Yeah. That's and what that's, you have to do. <laughs> it's cool, but it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of like the modern Slogan. Bill Badgley was like very anti for some reason. Yeah, I heard that when yeah. it went, and, and, and uh, that was interesting to me because it's like, well, you're not making a compromise in this. It's basically uh, you're, kind of like not giving edit, first yeah, edit there's to no, the, the <laughs> contributors. No, I think it was just like the way that it sort of like didn't pan out exactly. Yeah. But he still needed to raise the money, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. It's I, I first of all, it does it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Like crowd crowdfunding doesn't bother me at all. Like here's how I look at it. If you don't like it, don't contribute to it. Yeah. That's a it. lot of people don't. Done. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of stuff I don't like. And yeah. I guess what? I don't buy it. Yeah. No problem. Oh man. But people they get like pissed off about it, like, oh, it's just such a it's internet begging. And I'm like, how you do you want this like cool weird thing to happen or not? If you mm-hmm. do, contribute to it. If not, go do something else. It doesn't bother anyone. Like it shouldn't. Yeah. I don't see I I I don't get in my soapbox about this often, but people that are against crowdfunding to get the, get over it because mm-hmm. it's that's where we're at because we've destroyed these traditional models for for funding for creative ventures and whether we thought they were great or we thought they were the worst thing ever they're gone they're just gone it doesn't mean like that there it's it, there's not things to replace them but 
This is a great time to plug the SupDoc Patreon. Go to <laughs> patreon.com slash podcast, and even as little as a dollar a month, you can get uh, access to all sorts of bonus content. Like George and I talking about file formats. Exactly. Our file <laughs> format show we're about to start. So I feel like I kind of covered most of what I wanted to cover on this film. Did you have anything you wanted to cover um, more? No, I thought that was pretty good. Like I said, I think that... Would you be the judge of that audience. Was yeah, it pretty good? <laughs> no. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. But uh, I, again, for me, it, it's almost... Like it'd be impossible to do a comprehensive documentary on the residents. There'd be no, there'd be no way to do it, and it's sort of like you're like a book would be actually a CD-ROM might be the <laughs> best way to do it. A different format that sort of like could compact like forty years of because stuff. they they did so much stuff, and some of it it isn't the point. And I agree with the fact that some of the stuff they included, like it isn't the content. It's that they just did it. They did mm-hmm. it, and they did it in this this you know pioneering sort of fearless way and i think it, the movie did a really good job of capturing mm-hmm. that and thus capturing the spirit of the resident and like the sort of diy completely diy yeah absolutely who's, who's that funding that you know is parallel to i don't know not the grateful dead but like pre-punk sort of pre-punk diy building world building like yeah building this world where people get to come along Mm-hmm. For the ride, and they yeah. get to engage in the way that they want to engage, yeah. and and that that has so much appeal to me, and that's ultimately whatever macrocosmic level what I what I try to do, yeah, and you, and you you would directly identify this as an inspiration for oh, how absolutely. you want to, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a there's a few there's a few that are uh, that the cliche joke is oh they're coming for us whenever you hear <laughs> sirens in the background it's the dumbest thing ever, yeah. So I just had to, to reference it, but I referenced it in a meta way, which I feel like is maybe that, not yeah, the that's, best thing ever. That's meta podcasting. It's like well, they're yeah. not coming for you. Podcast's <laughs> not interesting. Yeah. Enough to violate a law. Uh, not yours. I'm talking about in general. It's, just, it's the hackiest thing. I, it, like it's, I'm like, really? Really? My With ride's this? here. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, come on. It's, it's like, oh, there's no price tag on this. Must be free. Mm. Shut up. Stop talking. Anyway. They're coming for our eyeballs. Um, so that annoyed me so much. I actually forgot what I was going to say, but, uh, <laughs> which is fine. I no. Stuff, well, I, I, went, I was going to say this whole talk about crowdfunding did remind me t- about our last segment, which is our newest segment. Oh, right. Yeah. Where yeah. we kind of ask our guests to pitch a documentary. Sure. Uh, the audience can kind of decide whether they think this is something that should be made. So good or no good. Yeah. My, <laughs> mine, this is just like something in the news that I'm swear... There's been so much stuff in the news about scammers and con men that Mm -hmm. I really, I can't say I love this story. There was a homeless man in Philadelphia and supposedly he gave this woman, like he took his last 20 bucks and bought gas for this stranded woman, right? All right. And then they did a GoFundMe for him. He was a homeless vet and they raised over 400 grand. Wow. And then it turns out the woman and her boyfriend were kind of came up with this scam with the homeless guy and they were supposed to split the money. But then they got a little too greedy and tried to keep they only paid him out like less than a third. Uh So then he ratted the entire thing out. And now they, I think, have criminal charges of fraud against them yeah yeah uh the story is uh Kate gr- mcclure petty griff gone bad her boyfriend mark d'amico and the homeless man johnny bobbitt jr 
And that's a loaded name. I think like the thing is that like he could have probably if he didn't like rat them out to GoFundMe. Yeah, he would have still had his cut of the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that these people used like a legit. I mean, I think the guy is still legitimately homeless. Yeah. That's the thing that's weird about wow, it. Wow. But these guys are like, oh, we have the computer, so we can make the GoFundMe, and then we're going to pocket the majority of the money from this. Wow. So, so yeah. many different levels going on. There's so many. I feel like this would be, this is like the next con man documentary that I would like to see. That sounds great. I've watched the hell out of that. Yeah, I mean, exactly. and be like, how do these people know each other? What's the backstory? Yeah, exactly. Like, to, I like, don't think do that's get- all been revealed yet either. But GoFundMe ends up returning a lot of the money to people. Like, like, I, I didn't do. know that they would do. I'm, I, I feel it, like it, it's like if it isn't if it isn't used for the stated purpose, yeah. I believe, then they they have in their terms of service that uh, it has to be returned. Yeah. I, I'm going to retract so we'll what I said with, with about the, the subdoc Patreon. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna. It's mostly for cat food. So it's by George some it's it's and some yeah. cat food. So that's my pitch for a. I can see it now. I, I don't no, haven't come up haven't come fantastic. up with the, the name yet, but you know, like I'm not the producer, so yeah. I I like seeing stuff about people on the grift. Too. Yeah, like I don't know what it is. I don't know what's what's so interesting about it. Did you watch like, the Fire Festival docs? No, I'm gonna actually. actually I guess you're I'm, kind of like been busy hanging I, out with rock stars. So, <laughs> um, well, believe it or not, I'm actually gonna watch it tonight. We already decided on on, on that okay. earlier, like because I was I, I was like I. I bet I'm going to be angry the entire time, but I'm yeah. gonna, I'll, I'll watch the shit out of that. Yeah, of yeah. I, I, I've watched both of them, and I think we're doing an episode about it. Yeah, there, no, there is one. Hulu dropped theirs on the Monday before the Netflix one was going to drop that on is, Friday. That is a Hall of Fame Petty. dick move. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, like, classic. That's like, um, beyond, like, yeah, like, yeah. And like the fact that this, this kind of bidding war is happening with documentaries, I yeah, think it could be two, it could be good for the art form. Could be two films about the 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 homeless scam, you know? As yeah, well. yeah, it can yeah. have a competing film. Yeah, then. Oof. So what? Where what do, we what go do you? From there? What, you got a topic? Well, yeah, nothing so esoteric. Well, actually, more esoteric, I suppose. But I was actually talking about this this morning, which is funny when when you when you brought up this this newer bit that I had this idea, and I've had it bounce around my head for a couple of years now. With the Conan Neutron, the Secret Friends material, it's all written fairly quickly. So I have this idea that over the course of a month, I would do a documentary where a week of it's like writing songs. Next week is arranging and recording songs. Uh, then mixing and mastering the songs and, and at, at the same time learning the songs to play them. And for the last week, it's rehearsing for the show and getting the production, I guess it probably have to be CDs, vinyl takes too long. And then at the end of the month is a record release show for a record that didn't exist at the beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. And I think this is interesting because that part of the process, if you're in a band, you're like, yeah, whatever. That's not, you know, who cares? But like the idea of like actually going through each piece of the process and talking to people that are you know, more well-known, you know, defined famous, but like famous indie rock, famous musicians about, you know, what do you tell us about writing a record? What are, you know, tell us about mixing a record? What's the most important things about mastering a record? What about, you know, just going through and like getting those pieces of and getting that context. Mm -hmm. 
and specifically like showing each piece of the process, not as like you're kind of like Spurlock your own process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Except for without even McDonald's, we make a record. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think about super Morgan's debt me, but, but totally exactly right. But I, I it, and it would be less about my like my music and my art so much as just a celebration of like the process and like the the pieces of it because what I found. Weirdly to me is that piece of it. Some people are fascinated by it. They mm-hmm. want and they want to know about it. I'm like, oh, what do you want? What do you want to talk about? Oh I'll yeah, I want to watch a mastering session on vinyl. I mean, if, <laughs> if you, if you, yeah, it's not. You like, could. I mean, no, that doesn't get filmed very often. Yeah, like and it, and so I haven't seen that. Mm. And I, if it exists in a movie, great. But like everyone focuses on this this like dumb behind the music style like oh, yeah. arc and like. I'm interested in the sort of yeoman like work ethic with it, where where you're just like, no, you're this is doing the work. It looks like this, like this. You is, don't want the t- throwing the TVs off the balcony. I'm, you I'm want like I'm that. gonna be doing some ledgers. I'm yeah. gonna be like, D- like reconciling some Google Docs, designing labels and to put to put on the records and like you know picking album art and and like do we include lyrics or do we not? Like stuff like that. Stuff that. Like the only thing I've seen like it's that like is like a Frederick is, Wiseman talk, but your band, but, right? But you get to see it with visuals, and <laughs> yeah. it, you know it'll not to sound like a dick, but it'll be entertaining because mm-hmm. you know like they'll be like, well, and the, so the 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 conceit of it is that the whole album is a rumination of the passing of time mm-hmm. as well, like the the lyrical matter and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So it'll be funny, and it'll also be like, is this gonna happen? Like there'll be that sort of like, cause I don't know, I've never tried to do something oh, on that level. Yeah. Maybe I'll fail. And maybe there'll be a documentary about me failing. This is kind of reminding me. Uh, so that's your pitch. Th- that's the pitch because, uh, the, sort of the, the nuts and bolts DIY. Yeah. The nuts, and bolts, but like begin, top to bottom, a record does not exist at the beginning of the month. At the mm-hmm. end of the month, it not only exists, it exists in some physical form and there's a show of it. Yeah. Like a live show where it is released. Yeah. Of the thing that did not exist at the beginning of the month, uh, National Writing Month. Uh, oh yeah, and, and National it, like, Writing so, Month. Something yeah. like that with records. Mm-hmm. I know they they, they did a thirty three RPM. Like songs of the day, a song a day. People yeah, have done that. but That's this is different. different. From that. Yeah, and yeah, this, yeah. this is going through each piece of the process and just kind of laying it bare, and and showing people that maybe don't know what it looks like. And then part of this is you fly from Milwaukee to here. Yeah, I mean that's part, that's part of it. Yeah, yeah and, and and like you get to see part of the story is the crazy way that we do things, which is pretty nuts and works for us. Mm-hmm. But like, can I recommend it? No, like permanent, <laughs> long, permanent long distance relationship band. Yeah, essentially. I mean, <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. But I, I think that that would be interesting because I haven't seen that. I mean, if it exists, like. Christ, sign me up because I, I I find that kind of stuff interesting, and I think you can tell a story without even having the focus be on the art, but just have like the journey be the destination. Yeah, I can sort of see someone like if you were trying to pitch it to a network, they'd be like, "But where's the competition aspect? Right? Where's the gamification?" Y- yeah, it's like, well, it'll just be a thing that's on Bandcamp. It's not gonna. Yeah, know, I mean, th- there's th- no like ultimate. Uh, there's no like. You know, final ra- two men enter, one man leave scenario. Yeah, this this the story is that <laughs> I'm like the stand-in for the the every man or every woman, mm-hmm. like frustrated musician or disillusioned musician of just like finding that like some of the roadblocks you put up are the ones that you put up for yourself. Yeah, and again, harkening back to the residents, that sometimes it isn't a matter of of if it's going to be this perfect perfectly actualized vision it's mm-hmm. just doing it yeah and like be, being confident enough to just 
go. Just yeah. go and do it. And for me, what I found is that the art got better when I, I sort of just decided that that fear didn't go away. I just stopped listening to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still, I'm like, oh, all right, this is the one. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to, nobody cares about this one. Yeah. Or nobody cares more, I should say. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's occurred to me because people have said to me that like that part of it and the fact that I still make records, I still tour. Whereas a lot of people dipped out and maybe they come back or yeah. like didn't come back and then they I'm not coming back. <laughs> yeah. And it's you know what? It's not for everyone. Yeah. That's that's fine. But like people have like not to be cheeseball, but people have like bought amps and started playing again after seeing us play. And like mm-hmm. what does that mean? I don't know, but it doesn't mean it, it's more than nothing. Mm-hmm. So because I'm like obsessed with this idea of like showing this piece of the processes because I think it's interesting and because I think it could legitimately be something that like people connect with. Right. Like it, like you wouldn't do like the old school is like the simple machines guide to putting out records. You just no. do it now as like a as like a, you know, a tutorial or something. I know what works yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I can actually guarantee you it won't work for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but I can I can show what works for me mm-hmm. and I can show that I'm full of like self-doubt like all the time. You know, like this new record that we're, we're recording on Thursday is a concept record about like depression and mental health. There's mm. like imposter complex in there. Oh, man. You know, you, well, you really got two guys in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is only yeah. this is so deep of a cut. Um, <laughs> I want to. But that that's the yeah, idea. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is why I'm bad at pitching things, because like yeah. whatever, it's supposed to be like 30 seconds or something. Right? But like <laughs> your elevator pitch, yeah. my, my elevator pitch needs some more. But I, this is like it's cool. It's thing, a tall so. building we're going up. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> it kind of reminds me. I wanted to bring up this idea that I never did. But my concept back when like the chemo's days, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, when there was just basically like a very low bar to have a show mm-hmm. i have oh, a yeah. concept for a <laughs> the, show hey i just walked in the door cool yeah. want a show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> done the, the concept of the show was it was, yep, a, I do. It was a three can i sell this crack here yeah. no you can't all right <laughs> yeah uh who's now in charge of uh there's now uh the the old nightlight is now yeah, the new uh, album Matt. so yeah matt's spot um it was gonna be three bands it was basically gonna be a play okay. in the form of three bands all right and the first band was gonna be called audition Okay. Okay. And then we would just basically have a play that was, we pull someone out of the crowd and then they audition for the band. Uh, okay. And the second band would be called Practice, <laughs> and we would just do a practice, do a practice on in front of everybody as a band. Okay. And then the third stage would be the band. So that's basically. That's funny. Similar. That's good. Yeah. In a way to what you're talking but, about. But like, like the live show version. I never wrote it. Yeah. It's like I had the idea. It's like a lot of things that I did in the in my youth. It's like I had the idea. Yeah. And I never wrote it. <laughs> so, yeah. And what I've. So what I've become very inspired by by bands like The Residents and, and The Melvins is like you have like you have the crazy idea, but then you do it. Mm-hmm. But you make sure it's a crazy idea you want to do. Like you can have. I could still do this idea. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an idea you could do tomorrow. And I could just do it at Dynasty out. Typewriter yeah. and just have a backing. Have a. I need to build up. I can. I can do picture you know it now. Play like, noises off. Have you ever seen no, that play? I don't know it's that. kind of like basically. It'll be like a play. That's a play about people putting on a play. But right. then the middle scene is the middle uh, act is. is you can see the back of the set mm-hmm. and all of the physical comedy that's happening behind oh, the scenes. Oh, as like part and of the, the third okay, that's cool. scene 
is it basically is noises off. I just realized this just now. It's noises you're off, talking but about. it's a band. Yeah. But like then, so by the time you see the third scene, you're you're seeing it from the audience perspective. But you know what the all the beats are. That right, are right. Because they've told the you what. what it, so and it's about and it's basically about loops and like it's like Westworld because it's like doing a play is just like loops, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. Like so and it's it's but I can still first see it like like the practice part of it where like oh yeah it's like this and then like oh yeah kind of but like kind of not wanting. I mean, to, we can workshop this idea. <laughs> like, not wanting to be too negative in that way that, like, when yeah. you have a new ba- band or something, you don't want to be too negative. Yeah. You're like, ah, that's not it. But, like, I don't want to tell you that's not it. So I'm just going to, like, say, like, euphemize it in a certain yeah. way. <laughs> I'm just glad I'm saying it on mic that's right funny. now. So Fred Armisen can't steal it. Yes. Exactly. Not to say st- I should rephrase that. If Fred Armisen happens to do the same thing, watch your ass, Armisen. It wouldn't be theft, it would be independently arriving at it. I'm just basically, this is. Podcasting is essentially like the old school version of like writing Copyright. an idea uh, and <laughs> putting it in it mail with yourself. yourself. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. I got a cop, I got a posted mark stamp on it. Well, Conan. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks for having and, me, man. This has been great. And uh, and check out Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Yep. On Bandcamp. Neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Neutronfriends.com yeah. as well, which is mostly. Just like here's the tour dates and like the same thing you can find on Bandcamp. Yeah, uh, we got a thing on Facebook. Nobody looks at it. I don't okay. look at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm really selling it. Let's get off of Facebook, everyone. But uh, I'm I'm on Instagram and Twitter, Coda Neutron. Yeah. Uh, if you want to hit me. Up and on, uh, Theory of Obscurity, a film about the residents. Film about the residents. The only film about the residents that I'm aware of. Yeah. Yeah. You know, until we make a CD-ROM about the residents. <laughs> It's coming back. All right. Cassettes give me to come back. CD-ROMs yeah. are next. Exactly. Get, uh, my re- check out my refrigerator when we're done with this. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Conan. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about SupDoc at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Our theme song was written by David Siegel, and our show was engineered by Will Scoville. If you want us to cover a doc, have suggestions for guests, or you just want to reach out, please email us at supdocpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.